we're in a series talking about discovering God's plan and purpose for your life. This is week five, and we've talked a lot about it, haven't we? We find out that we're led by the Holy Spirit into all the truth of the Word of God. He is our guide. He's the agent of divine revelation for us. He reveals the Word of God to us. As we literally open it up and peer into it, do you know this is a mirror? It shows us who we are in Christ. And the Holy Spirit will take the Word of God and He'll show you your path on this earth. God's glorious path, plan for your life. And, it'll, and see, in order to show you that, you have to know who you are in Christ. So this is why to be led by the Spirit of God, to discover God's plan and purpose for your life, you must be all the time aware that you've been made the very righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. That literally you have been infused with all the power that raised Jesus from the dead. The same spirit, the Bible says, that dwells in you will quicken your mortal bodies. That same power is in you. For us as Christians, what we're talking about is discovering the plan and purpose that God has for our lives as his kids. And the Holy Spirit, he reveals it to us. So we live in the presence of God, united with him in fellowship. And what we do, we reckon ourselves to be dead to sin and alive to God. We look back and we realize that Jesus was crucified and when he was crucified, I was crucified. When he was buried, I was buried. When he was raised, I was raised. I was literally united with him in the likeness of his death and resurrection. And now I'm raised to a new life. That old man that I was is gone. Isn't that amazing? Now within me, I'm a spirit man. I live in a body. I possess a soul. It's my mind, my will, my emotions, my personality. All of these things that I am is in my soulish realm that contacts the outside world. But I am not a body, I'm a spirit. And my future's not in front of me, it's within me. Right? God already, according to Ephesians 1.3, has given me all things, all, well, let me say it correctly, He's blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. We look at the letter that Peter wrote, 2 Peter, and he said this, that God has given us already, hath done it, we already have within us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Isn't that amazing? That we literally become a partaker of, of the divine nature as we gain knowledge of who God is. Wow. It's amazing. So I live in his presence, united with him in fellowship. I literally submit my life 
to the written word of God because I live, I count myself as dead to sin. The sin nature has no dominion over me anymore. Sin is never to dominate my life. And as I walk conscious and aware of I, that I am the righteousness of God and that I simply was made it, I didn't develop into that, I was made it because Jesus was made to be sin for me. So I was instantly made the very righteousness of God in Christ. And now, the, the, way, I was, the way I became righteous was I just, through faith, I believed what God did for me. And now, holiness, my behavior, my lifestyle, holiness flows out of my position. I don't try to be holy. I flow in it. See, I flow in the grace of God. And the grace of God, it reigns through righteousness unto eternal life. That's who you are. Don't ever let Satan tell you, you are what the world says you are. Don't be pressed into the mold of the world. Be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Right? Allow the Spirit of God to pull out on the outside of you who you are. Allow the Word of God to be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Be led by the Spirit of God. See your path. You have to see it. Because if you don't see it, you won't be able to say it. And your steering wheel is one inch underneath your nose. And Satan wants to use it to drive you into death, but he can't force that. And I'm telling you, get ready. Because I, I, we're growing up. You see that in your own life, don't you? Sometimes you can't really see how much you've grown until you kind of look back a little bit and go, wow, where was I in January? I am so excited about what God has done for me in the month of January, February, March, April, and May. I'm so excited. But look out. I have a feeling that I'm going to grow more aware of who he is and who I am in him in the month of June that I did in all these five months up to now. Acceleration, multiplication, partaker of a divine nature, world overcomer, that's who we are. So Psalm 37.4 is our foundational scripture. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself. Be pliable and make God the source of your joy, pleasure, and satisfaction. And you position yourself for him to give you the desires that are already down on the inside of you. He'll give you the desires of your heart, which are expressions of his will, plan, and purpose for your life. Wow. Then we talked about four things. So we went to Romans chapter 12. For time's sake, I'm just going to go right to the point and go to Romans 12, 6. Because it says, after he tells us, 
to present our bodies a living, holy sacrifice. He tells us that, that our lives are transformed by the renewing of our mind, the renovation of our thinking. Then he talks to us about being sober. Think clearly. Don't think outside of God, who God made you. Because you're part of a body, the body of Christ. We're part of a kingdom that will never decrease. It will never diminish. It'll never go backward. And the kingdom of God, I'm li- it will never diminish. And you're never going to diminish. And you're not going to decrease. Oh, I don't care what the economy does, what society does, the church which we're a part of, who we are, will flourish in health, in finances, in peace, in joy. You have the very strength of God on the inside of you. Wow, isn't that good news? So it says in Romans 12, 6, it gives us, we've been talking about desires, but then it gives us, it says something real interesting. It says, having then gifts differing, Gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. And we, we showcase these three phrases, right? Gifts differing according to the grace that's been given and faith proportioned. And we said that there's four aspects that can never be separated, that you must walk in in order to see and fulfill and walk in God's plan and purpose for your life. We said this, you must pursue your desires. So you delight yourself in the Lord and then he gives you the desires of your heart. That is an expression of his will for your life. And once that happens, you keep delighting in the Lord, right? And, you, and we're going to talk about how to pursue those desires tonight. You pursue your desires. How do I do that? By stirring your gifts, right? Well, how do I do that? As I flow in the grace of God. And as I'm doing that, I'm exercising my faith. So I pursue my desires, right? I stir the gifts that are already inside of me. I flow in the grace of God, God's ability in you to operate those gifts on a God level, on a Zoe life level, and you exercise your faith, and this is how you fulfill your destiny. The end of this road is real clear. You're face to face with Jesus and he's saying, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little bit. Now, in my eternal kingdom, I'm going to put you over a lot. Because guys, our life doesn't end here. We're going to be here a long time, right? You know that, right? We're going to kind of, you know, fly out of here when we hear a trumpet for about seven years. I think that party is going to be for about three and a half years of that seven years. Can God throw a party or what? Have you ever went to a party for three and a half years? Wow. 
we're going to party, then we're going to pray, we're going to kind of be looking at what's going on in the earth going, wow, Father, thank you, right? And then at the end of that seven years, we're going to come back with Jesus, we're going to be here for about a thousand years, and then after that, well, it probably even gets better knowing God. Isn't that good news? You're going to be around a long time. Don't let the minor inconveniences that might be in your way today ever, ever define you or minimize who you are. What do you do? How do you overcome everything you'll face in life? You pursue your desires. You stir up your gifts with your stirrer, that's your mouth. You flow in your grace, right? This is why you work out your own salvation, not your neighbor's. You flow in your grace and you exercise the faith that comes that's very specific to you. That's how you fulfill your destiny in the earth. Isn't that good news? Hallelujah. You discover and fulfill your destiny this way. So now we have to talk about something very important. We have to look at needs versus desires. We have to know the difference and how to deal with these things because there's two aspects of walking by faith. You could say it this way. There is two aspects to the faith walk. Aspect number one, you have to know. To walk by faith, you have to know that God has already met every need you will ever have in your whole life. Not going to, already has. Is that amazing? Don't don't worry about not having food to eat, not having a place to live. Don't, Don't be concerned about that. He's already met that. He's called Jehovah Jireh. He he has went before you. Psalm 23 explains it. He prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. On that table's everything you'll need in life. Everything. How you get it from the unseen realm to the seen realm is simply through faith. He already gave it to you by his grace. Right? So that's the first aspect. You have to know that you know that you know that all my needs are met. Have you ever had a need in your life that was not met? Have you ever noticed how that need will scream at you if you don't have enough money to pay your bills? Right? I remember as a young man, I'm renting a room. I remember this was 19, just, well, 1979, really. Just just was about to turn 1980. And I was a senior in high school. My parents gave me a bag of groceries and they gave me $185, which was my first month's rent of renting a room in California, Southern California, and they moved four hours away. And I knew they had nothing. And if I didn't make it, guess what? I'm homeless. And boy, I'll tell you, $185 doesn't sound like a lot, but that was a lot. I flipped a lot of McDonald's hamburgers, made a lot of McDonald's shakes and fries and all that. I worked at four different McDonald's at the same time while going to high school. I was my own guardian. Thank goodness in, 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 in Southern California, all you got to do to graduate is be able to fog a mirror. You know, after coming from Illinois, man, 
I had one class called Reading for Enjoyment. I think that guy thought I was Einstein because I read three books. But I was in there with a bunch of surfer or partier guys and, and uh, reading for enjoyment. Are you kidding me? Right? Right? I never opened a book and I got straight A's. I'd go into class, economics class. Oh, we have a test today? It's kind of like question number one. Is your name Tony or is your name Fred? Oh, Tony, I get that, right? How do you get an A in economics without even opening the book? You had to buy books. And nobody knew, but I had no money, so I didn't have any books my last semester of high school. I was working so much, and then, then, this guy, Gerald Conady, invited me to church. And my life was turned right side up after that, because then I'm in church all the time. If I'm not, I'm cleaning a church if I'm not cleaning a McDonald's. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm just always in the Word, working, or at church. I had no time for homework. I had no time for anything. But God took care of me. But I got to tell you, there were months when that $185 would talk to me. What are you going to do? Right? And God would always come through. He's worthy. Needs will talk to you. But you, if you want to walk by faith, which God doesn't suggest that for you, as, a, as his child, he commands it. He says, the justified ones shall walk by faith. Have you ever tried walking by sight as a child of God? Have you noticed there's no life in that, right? So you have to know that. Number two, you have to know that God will always grant all of the desires of your heart. That you'll, if you ever have a desire come from him, it's because his answer is yes, you are to walk in that. You have to know that. You have to know that all my needs are already met and he always grants my desires. Those are two foundational aspects of walking by the faith of God. So we look at a need. A need is defined as an urgent requirement of something essential. A need can be defined this way. This was Webster's original dictionary, Noah Webster. A need would be defined as a necessity created by some emergency or crisis. So a need is an urgent requirement of something essential. Food, right? Clothing electricity in your home, water, heat, a house, a place to live. God says in Philippians that he's already met all of these needs according to his riches and glory, and all of it will come to you through Christ Jesus. If you look even at the Old Testament, the blessing. God's desire for Old Testament believe, or Old Testament children of Israel who were his servants is that they would not even own a house but houses. I wonder, I wonder about New Testament, how much more? It's a better covenant. It's established on better promises. So you gotta see, why am I spending so much time on this? Because the majority of Christians are up to here 
with meeting their needs. Man, if, if, if needs, they will talk to you until, and, and, and this, will, this is what they will do. They will tell you, not only do you not have enough this month, but what about next month? And what about next month? The reason why we have to talk about this is because if you don't know that God has already met your needs, you will never be able to walk in the desires of your heart, which is what you're to focus on. Because God wants you to live with purpose. The Bible says, take no thought. We'll get into that tonight. What you eat, what you drink, how you're clothed, right? So let's look at this a little bit more. Not one time did Jesus ever say, ask the Father to meet your needs. He never said that one time. So we are able to believe he already met our needs a little under 2,000 years ago in the redemptive act of Jesus. It's done. Isn't that good news? See, this is why Jesus established an eternal jubilee for us. It's all, it's rest. That's why we say faith is a rest. The highest level of faith is expressed in rest. Most Christians apply their whole life to the need level. I don't have time to spend with the Lord because I just need to work and do this and that. Do you know how many times since we started the church that I've seen wonderful people come to me and say, man, I, I just got, I got two jobs and I need to work them to make enough money to live. And so, pastor, you're not going to see me at church. And then either I never see them again and I hear about their lives kind of being a mess or six to eight months they're back and their life is a complete disaster. Listen, if you have to work to when you can't come to church, just start believing God and he will work that out for you. Because the foundation of a child of God's life is that you are a viable part of your church family. It's a foundation. It's a foundational part of your education. Man, when you, when you receive and are equipped and built up by your pastor... These messages are specifically designed for the people God plants here. Now, the people online, they glean from them. They grow. It's wonderful. But I'm telling you, have you noticed when you're planted here how much you receive from Keith Moore or a Kenneth Hagan or a Creflo Dollar or Bill Winston? I mean, Joyce Meyer. You, could, you, you get 100 times more when you're planted. Why? Because the Bible says when you're planted, you'll flourish. They approach God. See, if you're living on a need level, you'll, your whole prayer life, all your relationship with God, they approach God only on a need level. And that will give you inner turmoil because you're not meant to focus on your needs. You are meant to live with purpose because God has a destiny. 
in eternity, you're going to sit there and go, wow, God, you had me do a lot of stuff in a very short period of time on the earth. I was only down there 80, 90 years, whatever. For us, maybe a lot less because of the rapture of the church. It's exciting. He's, he's getting us ready to see his face. Let's turn over to 2 Peter chapter 1. I want to get into this. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, and we're going to talk about this needs and desires. We're going to hit this real hard. We're going to take our time. Wow, is there utterance here tonight. I could sense your hunger for God. You know, it's so awesome. When I preach, I very rarely ever sense a pushback. Once in a while, I'll say something and you could just go, Oof, they're not quite getting that yet or something. But, but most of the time, it's just, you guys are just like sponges. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. 2 Peter 1.1 says this, Simon Peter a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained, I love the way it says this, like precious faith. Never forget this, faith is precious. It's precious. It's wonderful. Who have obtained, that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. How? Through the knowledge of God. So let's talk about this. Knowledge. Epignosis is the Greek word. It's different than gnosis. Epi literally means it expresses a more thorough participation on the learner's end to gain the knowledge. It's, it's the person who's gaining the knowledge is very passionate about gaining the knowledge. So epignosis, it literally means to recognize. It means full discernment. Full discernment. In other words, full discernment. I completely see who God is, which is John 17, 3, Eternal life is knowing God the Father and his Son who he sent, Jesus, right? So this is the Greek word epignosis. To recognize, it means full discernment. It means correct and precise knowledge. In other words, it's a coming to full discernment through the laying hold of knowledge as you're personally involved. You're going to see as we go into this, the reason why people are quoting all the scriptures to be healed, but never lay hold of it, is because they never stir themselves. They, there's not a craving. There's not a yearning. And this, this is what people do. Okay, I'm just going to believe God. You know, I'll just do this. Now well, I better use a bottle of water so I walk in this, right? So here we go. So I'm, I'm going to lay hold of my healing. Father, I just thank you. According to your word, I'm healed. I thank you that you redeemed me from the curse of the law. And then you, you go about your 900 emails and, and all this stuff that you got going on and you never read the word. You're not meditating in it. And then all of a sudden, a symptom will go boo. Or a diagnosis will go boo. 
And what do you do? Oh, man, I guess that doesn't work. Right? Guess it doesn't work. And we wonder why. But it's the person. I don't even know where that went. It went over there? Okay. So, no look pass, right? But this is what happens to a person when they meditate in the Word of God and they gain, because of personal involvement, they're passionately pursuing scriptures and light comes out of the Word that by His stripes I was healed. That 2,000 years ago, Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain. And with the stripes that he bore, I was healed. And all of a sudden, I lay hold of it. I lay hold with the precious faith of it. And the enemy will throw thoughts and I cast them down. No, it's written. I'm healed. People come out of the woodwork. How you feeling? Right? All is well. This is what I believe. Right? I love the Shunammite lady. Her son dies. She has her son, her dead son, laid in the room that she built for the prophet to stay there. She goes to the prophet. The prophet sends out his assistant and says, hey, go ask the Shunammite lady. Is all well with you, with your husband, and with your son? What did she say? All is well. How are you feeling today? All is well. If people push it, say, you know what? Why don't you ask me how I'm believing? Right? Because I'm thoroughly convinced that my, I, I have epignosis. I have pursued the word of God. It is first place in my life and I know that I know that I know, not that I'm healed, but I know he's a healer. And I know he personally healed me. He's my provider. He's my peace. He's my strength. When you're going through something and it brings sadness to you, you realize that the joy, think about that, the joy of the Lord. See, it's not Tony's joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That I start, I have joy by the answer of my mouth. So as I, when I'm feeling down, when I feel that spirit of depression, that spirit of bondage trying to make me fear, and I realize, no, my spirit man is full of power, love, and soundness of mind. And I start to say, Father, I thank you that I'm strong in you. You are, in, you are, you are all every second of every moment of every day making me strong in you. And all of a sudden, the joy of God strengthens me. I'm no longer moved by the outside. I'm no longer being pressed into the mold of the world. My life is being transformed. It's being changed because I'm, I'm thinking different. I'm not seeing things as they seem. I'm seeing things as they really are, that whoever the Son is made free is indeed free, never to be bound again. 
I'm already victorious. I'm not trying to be victorious. I'm already a success. I'm not trying to be successful. So failure, you have to bow to who I am in Christ. Not because of me, but because of Jesus. All authority has been given to me. Do you see this? This is huge. Grace and peace is multiplied. Notice God doesn't even add it. It's multiplied through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Well, what is that? You could say this. Grace and peace is, is multiplied to me through revelation knowledge of God's word. So the mighty Holy Spirit. I'm not, I'm not one of those 2 Peter chapter 3 churches have a form of godliness but deny the power. Oh, no, 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 no. We walk in the power. Right? As a matter of fact, we're, this is probably the weakest we'll ever be. And I don't know about you, at my weakest point in God, I'm much stronger than anything that could ever come against me in the world. And so are you. So let's keep going with this verse 3. According as his divine power. This is divine. The Greek word for power here is dunamis. That's a Holy Spirit word. Divine dunamis. That means miraculous power that has been released. We get our word dynamite from it. I think we might, we should have a, a dunamis service Sunday. Right? According as his divine power, hath, this happened, it's already done, hath, past tense, done what? Given unto us all things that pertain unto Zoe life and godliness. Now see, this is really interesting. This Greek word for godliness, it literally means a reverence and a respect for God that is shown in a devotion and holiness. But if you look at every, see, all this is multiplied to us. His divine power has given us all things that pertain to Zoe life and godliness. Life and godliness these are talking about just needs. His divine power has already given them to us. You already own them. Are you in college? The power that's in you is greater than any loan that you might have with the government for your school. The power that is in you will eradicate every debt in your life. It will change your body. It will change your finances. It will, it will literally renovate your thinking and make all things new in your life. It will raise dead things to life. Isn't that true? It says here, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness, how? Through the epignosis, through the knowledge of, of him that has called us. Gosh, pastor, I just don't know what I'm called to. Glory and virtue. Well, what does that mean? Well, God put grace in you and what comes out of you will be his glory. That's his presence. 
and virtue. It causes excellence in your life. Notice that all this stuff comes through the full discernment, the recognition, the correct and precise knowledge that I am pursuing of God and Jesus. So don't let the enemy get you focusing on how you're going to change your circumstances. Because your circumstances all change when your eyes are on Jesus. If this is true, grace, which is his divine ability, and peace is multiplied to you through the precise knowledge of who he is, who Jesus is, who God the Father is. Isn't that amazing? This verse right here is talking about needs. The Holy Spirit etches God's word on our heart and makes it alive to us. All this comes through knowledge of him. Man, I remember when I met Jeanette. Now it's gotten better and it's increased dramatically, but man, I wanted to just know everything about everything in her life. Third, over 30, almost 31 years now, but 30, 30 years later, how could we be so young? And that's, I don't know, you know, just live in eternity, right? Yeah, there we go. But it's, it's I, wanna, I wanna know her. But why, why? Why do I not just treat her as common? Why do I see new things about her personality that I'm just like, wow? Because that's what I do with God. Every moment of every day. So my healthy marriage flows out of my healthy relationship. Why, why can you just love people? It's amazing. You, should, you would think you'd love some more than others, but not when you're, you're like this with him. You just love everybody. You know, there's some people on the national political realm that I really think would be better that they were in the planet. What would be better is if they were just saved and off the planet, but, but in the planet would be better, but I can't even stir up feeling mad at them. But there's one that I hate, and that's Satan. And I never let the sun go down on my anger. Hate him. I'm going to be like, yeah, lake of fire. <laughs> Have fun. Right? Bottomless pit, when probably the weakest angel, although God has no weakness, so it'd still be pretty strong, will, will bind Satan in the bottomless pit for a thousand years. That's awesome. We'll all, be the, we'll all be going, bye. Is that bad? I'm messing with him now. Wow. You know, I don't think he lets his, the sun go down on his anger for me either. And for that I say, whatever, right? Right? Get over yourself. Hallelujah. See, if you have no knowledge of him, you won't be able to receive these things. You won't be able to receive grace and peace. 
You won't have it multiplied if you lose the knowledge of him. Look at, look at Christians today. They spend so very little time here because we're all too busy, right? And, and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things entering in, it chokes the word of God. But oh, if you'll feed on the word of God because you're passionate, I, I want to know him, not for what he can do for me, See, if you're just need conscious, you're always going to be thinking about God. God, what you have to move like right now. When you get to know him, you throw all that out. Just like what Pastor Dave was saying about George Mueller. You throw all that out because you know it's all done and he's faithful. It's said of George Mueller that when he started out, it took all the faith that he had to believe God for $5. Towards the end of his ministry, he said, I could believe God for a million dollars as easy as five dollars now. Why? How did he do that? Because he got to know God more. That's all. That's it. That's it. Would God do that for him and not you? No, that'd be impossible because God's no respecter of persons. So, so your God tonight is looking, he's going, here I am. How much do you want to know me? How far? Do you think Peter, James, and John were Jesus' favorite because Jesus picked them? No, no, no. They picked Jesus. Always. You draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. It's the way it works, right? If you, if you come up short in any area of your life, don't worry or be frustrated Focus on getting knowledge of who he is. And here's the biggest one. Here's the biggest one. God loves me with an everlasting love. He loves me so much and it's unconditional. It's not based on what I've done or who I am. It's just based on he loves me. And his love will never fail me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. And oh, I'm so thankful that he's greater than anything that I'll ever face in life. And he will see me through every storm, the storm I'm in right now, I'm, I'm going through it. I could be just like my father. I could be in the middle or the beginning of a storm and already tell you what's going to happen. Don't fret. Don't get worried. Just know, get to know him more. And, and you think, well, how can I do that? Oh, you don't have to figure that out either because the Holy Spirit is the agent of truth. He's a spirit of truth. He will guide you into knowing God. You have a personal trainer who will get you ready for everything you'll ever face. Verse four, well, I wish you guys could go faster because I, I have seven or 16 pages of notes and I'm barely getting started here. Hallelujah. Verse 4. Look at this. Whereby, that's the King James way, King Jimmy's way of saying, through this or by which. Through this or by which are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. 
Now, this verse is talking about desires. That by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. The reason why it says might is because you have to choose it. But it's available. God gave you these incredible, great, and precious promises. Do you know that literally how many people are literally in their house worried about their future and there's a Bible with every answer in their, for their life and it's just sitting there. And all they have to do is go dust it off, cough a few times, get in it, and the Holy Spirit will help them. All of our answers are in God's word. Jesus is the answer always for everything. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these, by these great, exceeding great and precious promises, you might be a partaker of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. This word corruption means having escaped the ruin, the decay, or the wasting away that is in the world through lust. People are seeking things, bigger houses, faster cars, more power, more money. Everything in the world is in decay. It's wasting away. But we live with a God and in a God and Him in us who makes all things new. And we not only, while we're living in this world, all things new, guess what? In heaven, there, there is, there's a treasure that there's, there is for us in heaven that never decays. Everything in this world brings to ruin and decay and is wasting away. We've escaped that corruption. Isn't that amazing? Your spirit is made new every day. If God would make his divine nature available to you, how could you ever possibly believe that he would ever withhold a desire of your heart? God would never withhold. I mean, he's made his very nature available to you. Wow. Boy, we've been lied to, haven't we, by religion? We've been lied to. God is like, here, you could walk in my very divine nature. You cannot partake of his divine nature until you've escaped the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So that's why if you're need conscious, you won't be able to walk in the desires of your heart. So you have to realize, because I'm a born-again believer, I've already escaped the corruption, so now I'm not going to ever go back. I'm not going to ever let my flesh pull me back. God wants you to realize that you don't have to strive and be stressed out, that the blessing of God 
He, it makes rich. It will bring you into a full and overflowing supply, but he adds no toil to it. That laying hold of what God has for you is rest, and it's wonderful, and it's all because God loves you. Do you believe that?